<laughs> I saw this Instagram reel like a year ago and it was like 2020 and it was like people like, uh, sorry, I think you're muted. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Ha ha ha. And then 2021, it's like, Hey, I think you're muted. And then it's like by 2022, <laughs> it's like, you're muted. <laughs> we can't hear you, John. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's do it. Wow. <laughs> Dave, Dave joined in and is like, let's go. Like literally nine minutes ago, I was sitting in a high school gym watching a basketball game. Yikes. Um, so yeah, been, did, uh, you, did he over hit? Um, that was a very awkward game. It was the uh, Stuart Stratt versus Wilson. So it's the school my girls go to versus the school where my store is. Um, JV. Hey, so you wear like the Rob Lowe. Yeah, you're the halfway. I, I was Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cheering for good plays by both teams. everyone to the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the pleasure of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Thursday, February the 15th. Um, we would have been here last night, but Dave is a romantic and needed to not record on Valentine's Day, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about UVA's, uh, look, it wasn't it wasn't the most terrible of losses, but it wasn't, it, 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 it left some questions. Uh, an eight-game winning streak snapped, a 23-game home winning streak snapped, 74-63 to Pittsburgh. We will discuss it and everything that is to come. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, the aforementioned David Spence, board moderator du jour himself from Fisherville's on the show. How's it going, my friend? <laughs> I'm quite the romantic. I went to three basketball games last night. Um, <laughs> yeah, my girl, my girl's making sure they're the only two kids I have. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. Wow, impressive <laughs> stuff from Dave. Right, my my age also playing a big factor in that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in Charlottesville, editor in chief himself, Justin Ferber, is also on the program. How's it going, my dude? At least in the high school game, you don't have like commercials and stuff. That's like, true. You don't have kind of hundred minutes. That's right. And refs going to the monitor every five yeah, minutes. True. It's always fun. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Cavs corner on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner. Great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional Woody banter. All right. Um, 74-63, as mentioned, Cavaliers uh, see a winning streak snapped. I mean, it's not exactly um, it's not exactly the way I thought it would happen. I certainly didn't see anybody hitting uh, 14 threes as Pittsburgh did. Um, but they only took, you know, they took 32 threes. They took 58 shots. So you do the math on that. I mean, that's a significant number of shots. For context, UVA took 50 shots and only shot 14 threes. The old adage used to be, right, that if you made more free throws than your opponent attempted, you were going to be good. Like, right? Like, that was like a you were going to win that game. Now it's it's that same thing, but for threes. It's like there is such a – I mean, and I'm not saying anything that f- folks obviously haven't noticed the last few years – that the game is definitely full steam ahead, you know, three-point this and three-point that. What I thought was interesting was Henson had a great game. He's 27 points. He's 11 and 19 shooting. He only made five of the 14 threes, right? Uh, two from Carrington, two from Lowe, two from Leggett, two from Diaz-Graham. They did a nice job, I thought, of spreading that wealth. And it seemed like to me that even in possessions where UVA, like, defended Henson pretty well, one of those other guys got to look. Uh, Dave, it, we've had a few days now to sort of process this and, and certainly, um, you know, at this time of year, it's not a bad thing sometimes to have a winter streak snap because it kind of tends to refocus teams depending on, you know, certainly what they do with it. Coming out of that game, what are how are how, what are your takeaways? What are some of the things that have been sitting on your mind since? I mean, Pitt played really well. I mean, obviously, like everyone during the game, you're, you're frustrated when you see your team lose. But, um, you know, on the rewatch, like yeah, you know, there were a few possessions where I thought Virginia kind of made mistakes defensively, but a bulk of those pitch shots were against good defense. Um, not all, but a bulk of them. And at some point, you just have to say, you know what? 
great job, dude. Like we forced you to threes and you made them. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there were some ruts offensively that were just, you know, disappointing, but that's, that's not, you know, not abnormal. Even during the win streak, we've seen that. Um, it's just finally a team kind of made Virginia pay for the, you know, for their lapses defensively and, and, um, you know, their, their blank moments on offense, but, yeah, I think the tough thing for Virginia is they've got a really tough stretch of games coming up. Um, yeah. And, you know, losing a game at home when you've got, you know, Wake coming up, at Tech on a quick turnaround, and then Carolina. Um, you know, I think Ken Palm has us losing the next four. Is that right? Yeah. Or at least four of the next five or something. Um, so, yeah, just a tough game to lose from that perspective. But, look, I mean, I, I think we saw all saw the comments on, you know, the same ones we see every game about who should play and, and whatever. And, but oh, yeah, overall, just on the rewatch, I, I thought Pitt just played better than Virginia and that's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. So Virginia gets Wake Forest on Saturday. They go to tech on Monday. Pitt Kempom currently has that a 65, 62 tech win. They go, they get Carolina at home next Saturday. Uh, that's a 67, 64 Carolina win on Kempom projection or whatever we call it. He's also got them losing at Boston College, 65-64, the following Wednesday. And the first week of March, they go to Durham. He's got them losing that one by 9, 69-60 in Cameron Indoor, and then closing out the season with a win. So clearly the numbers say, and that probably has a lot to do, Ferber, with what we've seen in the last few games, which is that the defense has not been as defensive. Um, Certainly, um, you know, they're up to, I guess they're at 16th now and adjusted efficiency nationally. Um, I, I think that because... They, I mean, like they've scored points, right? Uh, they scored 80 against Florida State. They scored uh, six in the 60s here. They, they have not been able, though, I think, to be as, you know, aside from that Miami game, right? They just haven't been able to get the stops. Now, you can look at the games and the, and the actual point totals, and some of them, like, imply good defense. And I'm not saying that they haven't had stretches where they play good defense. But I think that, it's, that you're starting to see that teams are figuring out a little bit uh, how to, to get – to spots and get the shots they want. The question is whether or not they're hitting them. Certainly Pittsburgh did. We know Wake Forest can. Virginia got pummeled when they went down to the dash in January. Um, as you come out of this game, what are your takeaways from from the pit loss? Does it cause you any heartburn? Or is do you feel like it's like Dave said, it's just, hey, look, that's a that's a team that played really well. They earned it that night. You tip your cap and you move on to the next. Yeah, I think it's more the latter. Um but I mean, there's some things they need to clean up for sure. I mean, I think Pitt had, for one, Pitt had a really good plan. Like they yeah, came they in and and executed, and, and it also looked like kept, a team that was off for several days before. Yeah, you know? yeah, they had extra time to prepare, which is notable. Um, and they were hot coming in. It wasn't like they won this game out of the blue. They won like five out of six or something. Um, but you know, I thought Cable also in the second half made some good adjustments and um, kind of got the better of UVA, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like their their plan was, you know, get the ball to the free throw line extended almost like you're playing his own, like roll the big if they don't cover him and then like spread your shooters out yep. and make them, you know, keep up. And I thought when Henson and Ryan Dunn were matched up on each other, Henson got the better of him. But Henson's a really good player. I mean, like he's an all ACC player um, and he played like one. So, I mean, yeah, you tip your cap. You don't want to lose a game like that, but um you know, I thought UVA kind of hung around for a while and it did kind of feel like that's what was happening. It felt like they were kind of hanging on by a thread and waiting for Pitt to get cold. And they just really didn't. I mean, they had a stretch late in the first half where you felt like UVA was maybe going to turn the tide um, after they'd been down. What was it like six or seven and then mm-hmm. got back and then they did it again in the second half. But every time they did that, Pitt was able to kind of get hot again. And it felt like whenever they were able to make the extra pass, the guy knocked the shot down. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it is what it is. That's just how it goes. I mean, you think about like the Clemson game, for example, I don't remember how many threes they took, but they got a lot of the same looks that Pitt did. And that's mm-hmm. what I was talking to, you know, the person who I was with at the game who were made nameless because right before tip off, they said, I'm not really worried about this one. Um, ah, but good job, man. Like, it, thanks a lot. For but that. it's like, it's one of the things that's kind of like the dirty little secret to some extent about UVA's defense and probably any defense is like teams get shots. It's just how many they make. Like it's yeah. not like nobody's ever open. Um, it's just how hard you have to work to get that shot, right? And what you know, wh- who's taking it and stuff like that. But um, ultimately, I don't think it's the end of the world. I also think UVA is not as good as a team as an eight-game winning streak would imply. 
Like, uh, like I mean, they're they're just they're not that dominant. They haven't been like that level of team. Yeah, um, that's fair. I think that's they've fair. been winning. The, I mean, there's nothing wrong with winning. You don't apologize for winning. But I mean, like the Clemson game, they kind of snuck out of there. Florida State, they kind of played with their food at the end and snuck out. Like they won in overtime against NC State in a game where neither team got to 50 in regulation. So I mean, it's it's great that they've gone on this winning streak and it's put them in a good spot. Um, but you have to remember this team is fallible and they're not like as bulletproof as maybe they looked you know, over the course of the last few weeks. Yeah. And I think Pitt was the fifth best team we've played metrics wise um, on the whole. Yeah. Season. I mean, they're, they're the, probably the best team UVA has played. I would say maybe Clemson during this streak. Yeah. yeah. Clemson's I think Kim Palm, yeah. they're, they're top five in our, in what we played all year, which is pretty surprising. And I wrote in the preview before the game, I, I, I also felt pretty good about it just because it's at home. But um, one of the things that I kind of, when I looked at their Ken Palm profile, I was like, maybe this team that like, cause they were, they'd won like, what was it like four out of five or something? And including yeah. a win at Duke, a win mm-hmm. at NC state, or they beat wake. Um, I was kind of looking at it and was like, are we sure that this isn't the real pit team? Like this new version, yeah, because they're, they're young, right? They have young guards. So it's like, maybe they're kind of figuring it out and then look at the teams that they've lost to. They have two losses to Syracuse, which is weird, but and they that's the it. Loss to the rest. And Missouri, like, whatever, fine. But, like, the rest of the teams are, like... Yeah, but they lost that... Hold on. But not, I can't quite gloss over it. I mean, yes, it was November. But it's they lost at home to 145 Missouri. I mean, UVA lost by 25 to... No, I'm not, not, no, no, I'm not, no, no, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not yeah. knocking it, but it sounded like the, 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 it sounded like the situation you were trying to set up here is that, like, yeah, they haven't been great, but their losses have been to good teams. Which I would agree with, except for the two losses to Syracuse and the loss. Yeah, I mean the Missouri weird the loss losses to Syracuse bad. is that losing to to Syracuse twice is weird, and you have to wonder if maybe that's like a matchup issue or something. I mean, literally, Missouri has lost eleven games in a row right now. Missouri's yeah, lost fourteen of the last fifteen games. All right, yeah, they haven't won two games ahead of Notre Dame and Ken. Bob. They have not won. <laughs> not only not only have they won not won a game in twenty twenty four. Okay, all right, they. They have not beaten a team. They've their one other than Pittsburgh. Their one top one hundred win is Minnesota at seventy six. Everybody else is at least one fifty nine. Most everybody else is in the three hundreds. That that Missouri team's trash, like straight trash. Yeah, yeah, having that's a bad loss, that, and that's why they're not a tournament team. Right? Pit. No, no. But having yeah. said that, I think your point though about like this is the real pit is so spot on because like you're right. They got young guards. They got an absolute baller in Henson, though he doesn't move much. I mean, he, he really does conserve his energy for when he's going to be on offense. Um, I don't think I've ever – I mean, other than DJ Burns, I don't think I've seen a dude who just really just is – I mean, he could not care less about what is happening. It lo- it, let me rephrase. It looks to me like he couldn't care less what's happening defensively. And, man, he really gives it to you on offense. But, no, I think your point about them, you know, sort of getting in, this, in the right spot and coming together at the right time, especially because, like – the Graham, the Diaz Graham kid is kind of perfect for them because not only can he he can shoot it a little bit, um, but like because that's why I mean he played like the last fifteen minutes of the game straight, mm-hmm. um, and it's not like Federico Federico is bad like he actually is really good for what they want to do too, but and this was a team that was range, in the tournament last year I mean right and they lose they lost a couple guys from that team but like they have a like, Henson was their best player last year so it's like yeah why can't they be I thought they would be not maybe this good but like middle of the road. And then they mm-hmm. were, they went one and five to start ACC play and everybody kind of wrote them off, including me. And I think if you look at like how they got to one and five, it's like, okay, they lost a game to Clemson in early December. You know, they, the two Syracuse losses are weird. They lost a UNC. It's like, you can kind of see how that could happen. And yeah. now it's like all of a sudden they're rounding into form. Now watch them lose like their next four. <laughs> watch them watch them lose to Louisville on Saturday. The other thing about Pitt that's interesting too is that of this little like mini spurt that they've got going on where they've won six of their last seven, right? Half, four of those games are away, right? They won at Duke. They won at, at Georgia Tech. They won at NC State. And at, they, they, they seem to thrive, Henson especially, on being like the villain. You know what I mean? Like – I think they really, you know, yeah, he I jumped on really the scorer's table at Cameron. Yeah, at that least was, he didn't. Yeah, at least he didn't jump on any tables at, at JPJ. The thing that I honestly like to you guys were talking about, like Clemson and, and like Clemson got those shots. So like in that game, Clemson shot thirty five percent from three. All right, Pittsburgh only shot 
44% from three. The problem is, is that they took 32 threes, right? Yeah, it's and the volume. It's it, So if you make 14 threes versus seven, which is what Clemson did, they were seven to 20 when Virginia beat them in, in Little John. Like, you don't think 14 is that big, much bigger than seven, but I mean, that's 21 points right yeah. off the bat, right? And UVA right now is just not a team that can sort of withstand that unless they're creating just a dump truck full of blocks and steals, which... You know, they eventually got to the shield numbers here, six blocks, four steals. Um, but it was not enough, especially since, you know, they were not able to generate a lot of points off um, any turnovers, right? They only scored. Yeah, um, that fourth block was in junk time. Just messing yeah, up fair. the shield. <laughs> just, to, just to wreck the shield. <laughs> um, Virginia only had four points off turnovers. That just can't happen. Like, not this team, right? This team has to turn you over. They have to create those extra possessions. Um I'm sorry, but but 14 threes taken for as a team is just not enough. It's just not enough. Like, no, it's not even close to me. Um, especially, you know, you shot it so well. They were 10 of 18 in Tallahassee, right? Um, and I know that, you know, you could say, okay, well, that's, you know, a little bit of anomaly. Um, they haven't shot the three like crazy well, um, but they've, they've hit enough threes when it mattered, and that's what I think they did in this win streak. I mean, that, they also like the you said. What would they take? Fourteen. Yeah, I think like five of those were in the last like few mm-hmm. minutes. Of the game. Like, I no, mean, because at halftime, I think they took three, and it was like McNeely made one, McNeely got fouled, and Groves made one, or, or something like that. Um, and that was five. It. Five I mean, of those threes came in the last three minutes and forty seconds. Yeah, and then by then they were down like ten. By, so, I mean, by then yeah. they were jacking. Yeah, that's true. Here's the thing I want to talk about tonight because this has been something I think we've touched on before. Um, if you've listened to the podcast with any consistency over the years, for the record, thank you very much for listening. Um, if if what we're about if what we about to what we're about to talk about or discuss uh, is something we talked about, we've done f- like five hundred and some odd shows. Like I don't remember everything we've ever talked about, so I apologize. All right, college basketball is as Dave was telling us last night. Like he went to he went to the high school games and like dudes are just just hemorrhaging three pointers, right? Everybody and their brother shoots threes now. And it's and it's easy to see in the college game. Um, I mean, all you have to do is watch most games. Most teams are, are, are getting a lot of threes. In some ways, the three-point shot is supposed to be the sort of low percentage, you know, look that the pack line is daring you to take, right? It's making you work to get easier shots and letting you, for lack of a description, letting you have the longer shots on purpose, right? And... And I wonder if what we're seeing here, and, and I th- the reason I'm bringing this up is because I genuinely think this is going to be a bugaboo for them the rest of the year, right? Which is when they run up against a team that shoots it. And again, the, Pitt only shot at 44%. The problem is not that they shot the lights out. The problem is, is they, they got so many clean looks. And you can say, oh, you know, UVA's got to close out better. There were stretches, I thought, you know, yeah, Henson definitely, you know, gave Dunn the business. There were stretches where Dunn's closeouts were really strong, and he was right there on the catch, and he was making life kind of tough for him. But to sustain that effort, to be there on the catch for teams that are just literally designing their entire offense to essentially get that look, especially in this day and age of the game, I'm not. This is not me saying like, "Yep, we need to scrap the triple option." Okay, I'm not saying that, but I do think that we need to be mindful that like this is just sort of the reality of the situation, like. I think there are going to be other games like this. I mean, Wake Forest on Saturday could absolutely do something like this, right? Um, Wake Forest is a team, especially with um, Monsanto back, like they are a team that is built in a lot of ways to, to get these kinds of looks and to put this kind of pressure on you. And so I think if you're a Virginia fan coming out of this game, I don't want this to come across like super um, like alarmist or whatever, but you kind of need to be ready for this. And, and what I mean by that is, like, there are going to be nights, like, Tech, I could absolutely see Monday night in Blacksburg, Tech shooting a whole bunch of threes and Virginia still winning, right? It's not a question of, like, oh, this is the death knell. I don't think there's, like, a percentage sort of where you fall off the cliff or anything like that. It's more about volume and what UVA can keep pace with, which, in, you know, considering pace has been such a weapon of theirs, is kind of an interesting sort of twist of, uh, of, of narratives. Because I do think teams, teams that attack the hedge that attacked the drift the way that Pittsburgh did, it was surgical what they were doing. I mean, the, some of this action they were running, like people are like, Oh, capable. I mean, part of me is like, what was Tony supposed like, 
you know, Dre Hunter's not walking through that door, right? Malcolm Brogdon's not like he he's got to play with the group he's got, and he doesn't have the weapons to be able to shut down a team who is hitting those shots and getting them the. I mean, like they, they were working to get those shots. Virginia's doing the best it can, but re- realistically, like a lot of that scramble is just essentially pit using it using the concepts that they know you're going to stick to against you and getting the shot they want. Which, frankly, I'm surprised that this doesn't happen more often. Right. Like I'm always surprised to see teams like completely like unaware that a post doubles coming like Virginia is who they've been. They're always going to be who they are. Right. Like you should know how to get the matchups you want. And some teams certainly have done that. But I thought Pitt just that's the thing that I was really impressed with is Pitt got the shot it wanted most often um, UVA would counter and Pitt would figure out a way to still get the shot that they wanted. Um, Dave, do you have any concerns about the three-point shooting dichotomy here between sort of what the pack line wants people to do and certainly what people just naturally would like to do? I mean, I don't think it's that much different than, you know, 2019. I remember when they talked about moving the three-point line back, we, we thought that might hurt the pack line um, just because, you know, you have to cover more, more space. space to cover, right. But but it didn't. You know, the numbers stayed the same. I think, you know, the issue with this team um, and this game, other than Pitt being hot, was unlike the championship team. Um, there's really not a roster you can go to that gives you a lot of length and speed um, to switch multiple positions and still score. You know, you you said it, you don't have a Dre Hunter, you don't have a Braxton Key, you know, even Mamadi, um, you don't have those kind of guys. And they tried to make it work with Blake and, and Ryan Dunn. Um, but, you know, they just don't have that length. So when a team gets hot like that, you're gonna you're gonna sacrifice your offense to try to try to um, stop them. But you know, all that said, I mean, I think it was what seven minutes to go in the game or something. It was only a six point game. Um, Reese got fouled, cut it to six, missed the free throw, and then I think we gave up an offensive rebound and they scored, and then we missed another free throw, and before you knew it, the game was wide open. So that's where it get, felt like UVA kind of ran out of gas. They looked yeah. tired. They dropped the rope as to Dave's. Yeah, like um, they let yeah, it go. Thing. But yeah, Pitt played well. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's a you're, you're going to run into teams like that. You know that, um, you know the Virginia team with with Trey Murphy and Sam Hauser. That's how they won a lot of games. You know, putting that stress on teams. Um, this version of Virginia just doesn't have the weapons to do that. So they need to do more. What we saw during the winning streak, but it's going to be interesting when you play teams that make it hard to keep minor on the floor. Mm. Yeah, to put this in context too, for we're fourteen to thirty-two from three, that's also what Purdue was um, in the uh, Elite Eight game in, in Louisville. Um, UVA 14, that night, just a lot. Even if you shoot forty, like fourteen, yeah, that's, a, that's a, forty-two points. When when Tech played at JPJ, I'm pretty sure they made eleven that game. Yeah, I so, mean they you know, because that's all they that's all they can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but like nine to twenty-seven. Doesn't sound like that big a difference, but four of fourteen, like they 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 did not hit the three, but they kept putting it up there, and they got what they needed in the end to keep pace with them, right? Um, to put another fifteen points in this game, right, would have been fairly substantial, right? Um, but UVA got to take like. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say UVA. I was just finishing up. UVA's got to take more. Um, there's just no way around it. Like. I think there's a part of it where, especially lately, I think guys have done a nice job of continuing to pass, and and the and those looks were there. This was not that game. Um, you you had to figure out, I think, a way to to take, essentially, to be more decisive in taking your shots. And there were a couple of them that I thought were just you know, sort of rushed. There was this one McNeely where he's you know he's he's real far out, and he he sort of acknowledged it. Um, you know, after in the first like half, yeah. It was yeah, one he, he tried to like alter his shot too, and I think that kind of like messed him up for a yeah. few possessions. He tried so, to like shoot it really high because Henson yeah. was guarding him. Yeah. Um, I also think you know one one quick thing for before I give it back to you, like one thing I thought in this game as I was watching it is like teams have gotten much better at figuring out how to attack various dudes. Um, like the tape is clearly out there, um, and so I'm not saying that like oh you won eight games in a row you put your best stuff on the t- on tape and now your you know teams are going to be a table to take it away. I think that it's just one of those products of hey this is later in the season guys. Um, e- e- either bad teams have gotten worse or stayed the same. 
good teams that maybe were started bad, kind of like what Pitt does. And I genuinely think that Pitt could probably be just about anybody on a given night. And I'm, I'm not saying that because, oh, anybody can win. I'm saying that, like, they've got specific dudes that when they play well, they're hard to beat. Um, not necessarily saying, like, they got to play out of their minds. I'm just saying, like, they just play well, right? We're talking about in this game, you know, um, the Leggett kid makes a, a couple of threes. The he's two of five from three. Low is two of three from three. Carrington's two of six. Like those are not like these guys were not going out of their gourd, right? What they were doing was is they were taking the shots they were given. And I to I forget which one of you guys made the point earlier, but like I felt like UVA was doing everything it, ha- it could to try to get close, and they did. And then that effort was just it was too much to keep chipping away back at it. And then Pitt would make just a not necessarily a run, but they would just sort of you know hit that shot that sort of you know had you hang, hang in your head. Um, so go ahead, Ferber. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah, they had little gaps too, where it was like not just one possession. Like UVA would chip, and then they would have two or three good possessions where they'd get stops and score, and then all of a sudden it's back up to nine points or whatever. Yeah. Remember they had it at seven. UVA cut it to. I think they actually took the lead, and then Pitt they was did. right it back up by seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, nah, but what I was gonna say is like the the UVA three point shooting, you know, lack thereof. Um. I think you kind of have to look at it as like. It's not just like take more threes. It's like the fact that they're shooting less speaks to the underlying. There's like underlying reasons why they're shooting less. Right. right. And that's why the, it's hard to explain. But like the, the what I'm trying to say is like if you're taking more threes, that usually means you're getting good rhythm three looks because they don't take bad shots most of the time from three. Right. Right. Um, they take bad shots from two all the time. Yeah, they do. But they don't take bad shots from very often but like when things are humming that's when you shoot that's when like you go back to like the syracuse game or yeah. some of these other games yeah they didn't just shoot more threes to shoot more threes it's not like they walked up the court and shot the ball it's because the ball was moving dudes were open guys are moving uh the defense is losing guys on screens minor whoever's setting good screens those guys are popping open and the games like this one where it's a little bit stagnant it's not like, oh, they're just deciding not to shoot threes. It's like the threes aren't there because they're not getting the, the space that they need um, yeah. and all that stuff. So it's kind of like more of like, uh, an, in, like an indicator of an underlying issue with no, like off-ball yeah. movement more than like, hey, they're just not shooting them. Yeah. Um, I think maybe it's a little yeah. of both, right? Because I yeah. feel like there are definitely some looks from three that they're not taking that they should be taking. Groves was a little bit more passive, I felt like, in this game, and he only scored five points or whatever, yeah. so. And for for the record, Sferber's mentioned the Syracuse game. So UVA scored eighty four in that game. They were twelve of twenty one from three, right? So yeah, and the dudes were wide open. Like yeah. Now, granted, McNeely hit six, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you think about it, McNeely was the the Henson of this, right? Um, and there, you know, a handful of guys. You know, Murray hit a couple in that game. Um, but I mean, like, listen, I I I think your point is really well taken. Like, it's not going to mean like, hey, you just need to jack more shots. I do think there there needs to be a sort of conversation about decisiveness, right? I I genuinely think one of the downsides to Virginia style of play is the idea that you have to get a great shot or you can or the idea that a great shot is attainable if you continue to work it for it. In some on some nights in some gyms that is true. Sometimes though that's just not true, right? That's just not the way it works out. And so you got to take you got to know what is a good shot for you to take. And I feel like a lot of times for various UVA teams over the years, guys have been too passive. Guys have been too um, too sort of wired to think, oh, I can, I have a good, I have a decent or good look. I can get a great look. I just need to pass it a couple more times. I don't think this team needs to do that. I think this team needs to be more decisive um, and knowing when to take a, take a good shot instead of trying to basically end up with a terrible shot or a long two, right? Because they, after they gave up three passes ago, they gave up a, a pretty decent look from three. I would almost rather them take a pretty decent look from the right guy as opposed to end up with some of the what we've seen um, of late. Homefield Apparel is back with brand new options for the Wahoos and so much more. With college basketball now in full swing, there has never been a better time to gear up with officially licensed apparel from Homefield. First-time customers can get 15% off their first order using the code CAVS23 at checkout. Homefield has comfortable, thoughtful selections, not just for UVA, but for more than 180 schools across the country. So no matter who you pull for, there's something for you. Their plan is simple. Dig through the archives and the history of the schools to find unique logos, mascots, traditions, and moments to make thoughtful designs 
for your favorite school. I love what they've done with the various UVA logos, and I'm really excited about what they're going to do in the future. Their products are printed on high-quality garments with extreme comfort in mind. You're not going to find anything better out there. So don't miss the hottest styles and the most sought-after apparel. Shop at Homefield today and wear one for the team. Homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code CAVS23 for 15% off your first order. Thanks to Homefield for their support of this show and all of CavsCorner.com. Yeah, I was going to say to that point, um, of Virginia's 14 three-pointers, one of y'all mentioned it earlier, five of them were in the last three minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah. Down 12 when they first, yeah. you know, the first of those five happened. So, yeah, yeah I mean, nine three-pointers, and Pitt, I think Pitt had one the last four minutes. might not have even been that many. So, Well, here's um, the thing. Pitt did not hit a field goal in the last 302. They were one of their last nine and oh of their last five. So, like – They were yeah. just running. They were happy to run the clock. They were – and, and what's wild is, like, UVA, it's, it's not so much like, oh, you look at the numbers and the 11 – no, no. Like, Pitt didn't even need to add to that joint. They didn't hit any field goals for the last 302. Granted, UVA had to foul some, and they made some free throws. But – I mean, they finished one. They didn't exactly charge all the way through the tape here, right? Like they they had they put enough on the board, and then were just like, "Hey, this is what it is," and they dared you to come back. And UVA didn't have the gas. Yeah. I mean, when they yeah, were down by was... seven early, I was like, "When's the last time this team was down by seven points?" Right. Like I I, I, I think it was the Georgia Tech game early. Oh yeah, like, yeah. When we thought they were, but like that, that was the only time really during the streak I think that they were really down. I mean, they they were down to Clemson by like one. They were down to NC State by like one. Um, but that was pretty much it. Yeah, not to keep harping on you know on the same game, but I thought, um, you know, Virginia made some runs to to kind of get back in it, um, and then just ultimately didn't have didn't have the gas to, to finish it. You know, it's you can look at the way Grove shot the three. I think that's directly related to him having to chase so much on defense. Um, not to call out one player, but I thought you know Ryan Dunn. If your calling card is going to be defense, like. He didn't have a great defensive game, um, and when you combine that with him, you know, not contributing much offensively, it does kind of put the team in the bond in a bond. Henson, I think Henson got in his head a little bit, or Henson's just really good. Um, either way, I think you know he's hopefully he learns from that and moves forward. But you know, overall, it's just a loss. You know, it happens. There's no great teams this year. The more college basketball you watch, you realize there's very few teams that don't have vulnerabilities, and there's. Honestly, there's not a whole lot of teams that don't have someone on them that are pretty good. So, right. Um, yeah, I think you just kind of you, you kind of take what happened and you you move forward um, and hope you don't you know you don't see it again. But you've got some teams coming up with like you like you guys said with Wake Forest, who I think can pretty much take Pitt's game plan and execute it, and has before. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what what the what adjustments Tony makes. But I think you've got to find a way to get Groves less minutes. Um, I know that sounds counterintuitive, but like he's such a weapon offensively. I don't think you can have him getting burned out chasing guys. Like you got to figure yeah, out that's fair. some other yeah, combo. That's fair. Well, so that's put, like how NBA teams do. They have dudes on the bench that they bring in for like four minutes to shoot threes and then they go back to the bench. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. Ferbert mentioned a little while ago, you know, when's the last time UVA had trailed by seven? I just looked it up. So aside from trailing by 11 against Georgia Tech with 904 left in the first half, so, you know, basically the whole game. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I think the largest deficit UVA faced was five. Miami early, uh, yeah, Miami early, um, yeah, and I I wouldn't even count that. That was like yeah, because it was in the first three minutes into the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, everything else. I mean, either the v- Virginia led bell to bell. Um, I mean, even in Tallahassee, uh, Florida State's largest lead was two, right? Like, I mean, it's it it was a pretty substantial. Um, go of it. I mean, I don't think has UVA tra- had UVA trailed in the second half much ever. I mean, that's I mean, Clemson, they were just... I think took like a one point lead. Yeah, you're. I think point. you're right about that. Yeah, and I NC right State did that. too. But that's it though. Like I said, it was like it never got more than like a possession. Yeah, you're right. Um, so the last lead was Clemson at, at five thirty six fifty seven fifty six. Yeah, um, and I think NC State might have gone up by four, but that was. I mean, UVA was able to to bounce back from it real quick like um or it might have just been like three but yeah the, uh it was their last lead was with 328 to go they got up one i mean regardless of what we just said like a couple of weeks ago on the podcast we talked about i think what i think they had just beaten notre dame or somebody at home and they were about to play mm-hmm. clemson right and we were like it's really cool that they're on this like four game winning streak or whatever it was at that time but now we're gonna see 
if they can do it, you know, because they're about to play a bunch of tough games and they beat Clemson, then they crushed Miami, then they beat Florida State, and then they finally lost. So yeah. they're still in a pretty good position if like going in, if you had said three and one out of that four game stretch, I would have said that's a sign that you have staying power. Now we find out I think it gets a little harder the next three. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we're gonna find out um, you know, what they can do on Saturday, but also like how um, to be frank, how legit is their home court advantage versus it was just the opponents? Like, because they yeah. played a bunch of crap teams at home, and it's like, how much of it is like we're really good at home versus like we just got the right teams at home? Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, I I think if you look at it from the bigger picture, UVA needed to needs to win one of the Pittsburgh and Wake Forest games to really feel like. You know what I mean? Like, you could say that, oh, they win against Pittsburgh and then they've got a nine-game win streak um, and you push the, the home streak up. But, like, realistically, like, those two teams are, are, you know, for lack of a description right now, they're similar in some ways. And I feel like the takeaway, clearly you want to get a win over Wake Forest because they're one of the better teams, um, you know, sort of overall. You know, UVA got pasted when they were down in, in, in the Joel. So – but I mean, I'd really think that you gotta you gotta get at least one of these wins because you, you're right. Like the the way this thing finishes, um, it, it 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 is tough in some ways. Let's talk about. You just um, don't want it to spiral too, because no, like for you sure, can very yeah. easily lose four in a row if you lose these two. Like, yeah. So let's talk about Wake. Obviously, we've we've seen what Steve Forbes and company can do, and that was without Monsanto, who is legitimately one of the best. Sort of just uh, gets hot out of nowhere shooters i've seen in a long time i mean the man is the kid is like a walking microwave um so he's back from from his injury um you know he he has obviously not played a lot um he made his return january 20th against louisville um he's only scored in double figures twice since he's been back um he has not he has not basically been himself though he's just coming off of a game a couple nights ago where he pulled, pulled nine threes um, in that loss uh, at Duke, um, you know he's 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 a six seven five seven nine three pointers a game kind of guy. Um, he didn't really play that many minutes against NC State. He and so he didn't shoot much. Um, he also didn't play ironically that many minutes against um, Pitt, and so therefore he didn't shoot much there either. He um, um, he was one of one from three in their loss. Um, at Pitt, but anyway, the bigger picture here is that, like Wake is legit. Like w- that Wake team is 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 tough. Um, Salas, I think, is really good. Hildreth knows how to get to his spots. Reed has been kind of a revelation for them since he became eligible. Um, Dave, in general, which of the two does the does the game even at home against Wake scare you more than the um, than the uh, game at Tech two nights later? Wait, which one of those two? gives you more sort of heart palpitations. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a little more concerned with the game at tech um, from a, from, I think that's a tough turnaround for Virginia. Luckily the Saturday's games at noon, but that also makes Saturday's game not as rowdy as it could have been <laughs> if it was a nighttime Saturday, you know, first Saturday home game in how long? Um, a minute. Syracuse uh, or North the first Bush North administration. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I think both games are tough. Wake Forest is, you said it. I mean, 27 in Kempom, right? Like they're, you know, I think Steve Forbes is still kind of a clown, but that's a different It's story. also not like we don't I was wondering know how, how you were going to work is. that UVA, in UVA got their asses kicked by Wake the first time. It's not like we don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah know. exactly. We're fully aware I mean, of what I mean, they're I like. It's not like we're like, let's see how these two teams match up. <laughs> like, yeah. we've seen it. I mean, there's they're basically a good version of Pitt, um, and Pitt handled this. So, look, I mean, I, I, there's tough games all over the schedule till you get to the Georgia Tech game. I mean, Virginia's got to win one or two of the <laughs> other games besides Georgia Tech to have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Saturday's game concerns me for two reasons. One, you know, it wakes really good, and two, I'm not able to watch it. So, you know, barring a big snowstorm, uh, I guess the game could t- technically maybe be canceled, but it doesn't look like that much now. Maybe maybe my store is closed so I can watch it, one of the two. I mean, it's um, not like you don't – I mean, you do control when the store is open, Dave. I mean, yeah, you, you, you could make that happen. You think I was the boss, maybe. Sure. I also, also can control whether or not I can pay my bills. But, um, no, I mean, in all seriousness, Wake's really good. Um, 
I think Steve's done a great job with that team, which pains me to say. But yeah, it's a. I mean, I think it's a game. I I think you're right. I mean, I wouldn't classify it as a must win because you know Virginia could lose that game and still make the NCAA tournament. But um, <laughs> from a uh, there's also a very potential, you know, very likely or very possible four or five game losing streak if you don't win this game at Wake because, um, you know, turn the short turnaround to go to Tech and then you got you know, a much better team in Carolina coming into town after that. So, yeah, um, so that's that's where like the home court thing kind of comes into play. Is like yeah. if they're if they're yeah. really good at home and this was just a blip, then they have a chance to win these next two home games, I think. And then if you do that. Not to say you can just write your ticket the rest of the way, but it it doesn't you know seem so daunting considering like three of your two of your last three are BC and Georgia Tech, you know. So like that seems workable, but yeah, yeah. I mean they're in like a and also I mean like if you care about the ACC race at all, like this is a pretty big game for that. Yeah, um, agreed. Wake's eight and five, UVA's ten and four. Wake will obviously have the tiebreaker if they win this one. Um, you know UVA's still in a pretty good spot for the double buy, I think even with the loss, um, you know, just because if you look down the standings, we kind of talked about this after the game the other day, but like there's like a big group of teams at seven and six and UVA, you know, theoretically there were two games up on them so they could fall back. But like those teams all play each other. Teams are going to lose those games. So like, I think, you know, if they get to like 13 and seven, they're basically a lock. So that would be three and three the rest of the way. Um, and they probably need to do that anyway, just to have like a, a feel good about their NCAA tournament. Hopes. Agreed. The one thing to keep in mind here too is that so so UVA has to play Wake Forest at home and then go to Blacksburg Monday. Tech, on the other hand, gets to go yeah, to Tech Carolina. Is the worst turnaround of all time. Like, and then get <laughs> yeah, that's is this is yeah this is the worst U- opponents back to back. Wasn't like, there one year where UVA had the Carolina Duke swing in there I think somewhere? I the Carolina Tech swing. Maybe I just think UNC to UVA is like the worst because like how do it you is. prepare for those? It, games? That's exactly so where like, I was going. Is like you're going to spend your time getting ready for Carolina, which is easily the better team, and then you have and then they're no going to run you around. Now, like, granted, it is it, you know these are situations because this is the set you know at least they are this in in both Virginia's case with Wake Forest, it's the second time they've played. This is the second time Virginia Virginia Tech have played. Um, Carolina they have Tech has not played Carolina yet, so. What I find really interesting here is that like Tech is going to have to spend a lot of time getting ready for Carolina and then just really rely on its, you know, whatever it did after the game in January, because um, you're not you're not getting like a full on practice, right? Like you you might you might get some time, but you're you're not going to run those guys. You know what I'm saying? You're not really going to like do a a real full on. Yeah. You guys remember our practices from January when we did this? Because that's what you're going off. Yeah, but exactly. also like. Tech's game plan against UVA is basically the same game plan that they had in JPJ and just hope you make more shots. And just hope you make more like, shots. That's exactly right. I completely yeah. agree with that. In that game, um, you know, Tech, which is a team that that obviously shoots a lot of threes, they they shot 30. They were 11 of 30. Um, UVA, yeah. again, 4 of 14. Um, but it didn't necessarily matter. because. But if UVA you're Tech, was, you go 14 of 34 in this game, you win maybe. Like, yeah, you know. no, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, shit, fourteen to thirty-four would have probably won them the last one. Um, right. So, but I mean, this is a, it's an interesting turnaround because not only does UVA have to do the thing right where they play at home on a Saturday and then on the road, but the team the the, the team that they're playing, like Ferber said, it's a this is this like the the most hellacious, you know, two games in three days that you're going to get in the league. I mean, especially because the contrast of styles, like there's just nothing similar about what Carolina does and what UVA does. Um, the athletes are different. The schemes are different. The, everything's different. Um, the only the, the big benefit, obviously, for Tech is that they're playing the thing at home. And like Dave said, it's not going to be quite the same on a Monday night as it would be on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, UVA hasn't won there in four years. Interesting. I find you know I hadn't realized that. Um, yeah, the last time was remember Kihei had that like uh, last yeah, the second shot. Three. Yeah, 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 yeah. The onions. Um, so obviously, look, Virginia's going to play. Um, Virginia. <laughs> They're going to play Wake on Saturday. They'll get Tech on Monday, and then they get the full week to prepare for Carolina. In a lot of ways, this you know it's going to toughen up on, on some level, right? But this is not the worst it could be, right? Yeah, sure, you would love that that Monday game to be like Louisville or Georgia Tech, but to get Wake and Tech and then have that time to prepare for Carolina, 
um, and then be off until at least Wednesday, right? They don't have to do the Monday thing to go up to Boston. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I feel like you, this is something you've, you, I feel like, look, let's talk about it like this. Three games in these next three, I feel like UVA has got to find a way to win two of them. Not like, oh, or they're not going to the tournament. I don't mean like that. I mean, like, if they want to have, like Ferber was saying, like, a, feel really good about their resume, feel really good about where they are going into the postseason, that kind of thing. They could lose all three. They obviously could, you know, that's not um, totally unheard of. Um, but realistically, like, I, I just think that they got to fi- figure out a way to win two of the three. And I, I, I genuinely, this is going to sound stupid considering one of them is, is North Carolina. I genuinely don't care which of the two they are. If they, if they beat Wake Forest and then they go to Tech on Monday and win and then they lose to Carolina, nobody's going to bat an eye, right? Like, that's not going to change the equation too much. Um, what it does, you know, I think Virginia sort of keeps the, you know, kind of status quo for them. Um, certainly if you can, you know, if you beat Wake, you beat Carolina, you lose the Tech, you know what? That's going to help you in the race uh, a lot more to beat those yeah, two you teams. Just, you just move on. I mean <laughs> – the losses to Tech suck in the moment, but basketball is very quick. You turn around, you play. Another yep, game. you play somebody real quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and also like Tech is still a quad one game on the road. Um, so Wake is almost a quad one game at home. They're pretty close, and they Wake doesn't have a quad one win. So this game might be even bigger for them than UVA. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. And they're also on the outside looking in right now, whereas UVA's in the field for now. You know, with mm-hmm. an opportunity to play their way out or stay in. Yeah. All right. Let's let's wrap up like this, Dave. Um, we don't do predictions usually on the show, so I'm not going to say like give me numbers and all this stuff. And stuff. Um, but just generally, next two games when we come back next week, what's your what's your gut say? Will Virginia be two and zero, one and one, zero and two? What do you think? I mean, I think they're going to go two and zero. I just, I mean, I keep feeling this roadie click coming on. His shots coming along. He, um, he has he has the shot has definitely come off. Yeah, I know. Guy, I know a lot of people don't like him. Don't understand why he's getting the minutes. I mean, I kind of see what he does. I think he's six, six assists, zero turnovers against Pitt. Um, I know he's just one piece of the pie, but you know, I expect a rebound performance from Don. I think you know McNeely is still going to do what he does, and hopefully, Miner can play a little more in these two games, which makes the team better. Um, Actually, I, I kind of like the quick turnaround for Virginia to get Virginia Tech because it's not a, it's not a Louisville, it's not a game they're going to sleep on. Um, so it's uh, yeah, I like him to go two and zero. I mean, I wouldn't bet a lot of money on it, but I like him <laughs> that way. <laughs> That's fair. Ferber, what about you? Two and zero, one and one, zero and two. What do you think? I agree with everything Dave said. I would say like if I was betting money, I would probably say one and one, um, just because I, I I think both of these opponents are challenging for the same reason really, which is that they can shoot. Um, I think Wake is definitely the better team, uh, but you get that one at home. So, um, and Blacksburg's been tough lately. So, I think one and one's probably the most likely situation, but two and zero is certainly in play. And I, I'm not, I'm not ready to raise a bunch of eyebrows about the pit loss until if it happens again on Saturday, then we can you know have that conversation. I think about yeah, it's kind of tricky, right? Because Pitt is a team that can jack up a bunch of threes. Wake's a team that can jack up a bunch of threes. Tech's a team that can jack up a bunch of threes. It's not like you're letting a team that just never shoots it well, right, do that against you. However, the the end point is still the same. It doesn't matter how you get there, right? Um, I think the bigger thing for me is not – this is – I don't – I know this is blasphemous, but, like, I don't it, I don't care about the stops as much as I care about the offense. I think this group needs its offense – to be not just efficient but productive and yeah those those two things sound similar but like there have been years where you we talk about like oh this team's defense helps its offense and its offense helps its defense I think for these guys like their defense is fine but the the level to which it's pointed kind of comes and goes but I feel like they're just in a complete funk when they don't score points when things aren't coming right when they're not getting shots um they, they, I, I think it impacts not. It just, I think it, it snowballs offensively, and I feel like overall they just, you know, they make, they make mistakes in ways that they shouldn't. They, um, whether it's turnovers, whether it's fouls, whether it's, um, you know, especially fouling shooters and that kind of stuff. Like I just feel like the best version of this Virginia team is a team that clicks offensively. Whether or not the defense travels and all that fun stuff, 
you know, um, really, I think it's about their offense and, um, you know, when they're able to get, you know, think about Virginia and sort of where they've been, they, they scored 36 points in the paint in this game, had a 14 point advantage in that category and lost by 11 to a team that didn't hit a field goal for the last three Oh two. Like it, the, the, the stuff that they they've been successful with, you know, so many assists for the baskets they get, that kind of thing. It only takes you so far. They got to hit shots and they got to take shots. And, and as I said before, I think their decisiveness is a big factor in that. I think they got to, they got to play a little freer. Um, and I don't mean that in the sense like, Oh, Tony has the clamps on them. I mean that in the sense of like, sometimes you can just kind of see dudes thinking too much. Right. Um, in this winning streak, the one of the great things that came from it, it's like dudes are just playing ball. Um, yeah, it got kind of t- tight at, at times through the, through a couple of those games. Um, but more often than not, they made the plays they needed to when they needed to be made. So I feel like me personally, I think two and O is probably the most likely, um, it's, you know, if they had, if they had beaten Pitt, I could totally see them going 0 and two, um, in part because I feel like it's good for them to have to, um, sort of go back to the board, so to speak, right? Like to, to need to tighten up, um, Win streaks, yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter talking about this the other day, like winning streaks don't matter. Okay, that's that's dumb. They do. Like if a team is is having nothing but success, either they're gonna keep having that success or they're gonna find places where adversity, to our point earlier, like they had not trailed, right, in so long. Um, I'm not saying that like as a player you like quote unquote totally forget that, but like you when it when you say when you have to play a different game, when you've got to start sort of um things aren't coming as easily. It does, it does prepare you differently. And it does. I, I genuinely think that anybody who thinks that that winning streak didn't impact the team a little bit. I'm not saying it's like a, um, like they didn't care. I'm not like saying that being that dramatic about it, but I think it's just human, right? You won a bunch of games. You just kind of got used to winning a bunch of games. Um, it, it's hard to keep an edge when you've won eight in a row. Right. Um, so I do think they come out of that loss with a little bit more of an edge and, I like the matchup with um, with Wake a little bit better because I think um, Minor plays more, and I also feel like the short turnaround to Dave's point. I just think that really benefits UVA given where Tech has to play on Saturday. So, all right, you guys I got anything too, else like, for the good of the order? I, just real quick, I think this team's also like it, this is not a revelation of any kind, but like they're just kind of a front running team to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Like when they get up ten, it feels good. They, I know they blew the lead against NC State. But it's the one. Um, they blew the lead against Florida State, but they still won. They blew the lead against Clemson, but they still won. And it's because they built that lead. Like, I mean, if that game had been kind of like the pit game where it was like back and forth, it's, you know, that run in the second half puts you down by 10. I think this team's just a lot better and more comfortable when they get a good start. Um, and, you know, then, then they can, it feels like things are kind of clicking on both ends. Um, and they, even if they have a lull, they're able to sort of play out of it. Whereas, like, when they have those slower starts, it feels a little bit more tenuous, you know? So Yeah. All right. Well, in that place, I think that's a good place. Good place. To put a pin in it. Um, if you are somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that your programs are sold. Uh, if you're somebody out there who's found the pod but has not given us a look at the website yet, check us out at CavsCorner.com. we got recruiting stuff, football, basketball, obviously game coverage, all that fun stuff. So give us a look at the website. I want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time. As always, I very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Smith, Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon. Yeah.